0: Well, good morning, LCM today is Sunday, September 12th, 2021. Hey, as we're getting started this morning, I want to tell you from Christy and I, from our family, how absolutely, overwhelmingly, unashamedly proud we are and thankful we are of this body of believers. So many of you sacrificed, you worked hard, you gave up, you did so many things to make yesterday a beautiful, beautiful God-honoring event, and I can't tell you how proud and how blessed that my family feels this morning for being a part of this body.
1: Guys, we also want to thank everyone who tirelessly and faithfully served to bring us the good grub that we (laughs) feasted on. Not only did you wash the feet of the saints, you filled the bellies of the saints.
2: So thank you, guys. I love that this is one integrated body. And a couple things happened yesterday that I just wanted to say thank you for. Seeing all of the pastors and elders dance together. That may seem like an odd thing, but we are woefully short of masculine, holy examples in our world. We're woefully short of the proper display of public affection within the covenants of marriage in our world. And I think it's an important thing to do. I also wanted to say thank you to our single people. After the previous wedding, there were some rather derogatory remarks made from this stage about your dancing. And I'm proud to say that it has improved greatly. At this point, we're not going to make racial jokes. It's beneath us to talk about how the black people among us had to help the white people. We won't do things like that in here. We will not talk about how the Filipinos had to help everybody else learn to keep time or how the Asians own the single dance called gangman style. (laughs) What I will say is that I'm happy also to see that the single people danced as a body, in connection with one another. People that are wholly pursuing holiness together and not looking for some opportunity for something seedy. I love this about our church. I'm very proud of what's happening. I would also like to thank the Morrisons for being here. Amen. amen and amen. Any church that the Morrisons are in is better for it on that particular day.
0: That's true. Churches, we continue on from our thanks and our thankfulness to you as a singular body. We want to start off this morning by talking to you about that the Bible is full of enigmatic characters that can be difficult to know how you're supposed to relate to. I mean, one such character is Lot. Were it not for Peter mentioning him as a righteous man vexed in his righteous soul in 2 Peter 2 8, you would probably write him off as a total failure. See, recently we actually found ourselves identifying with Lot. That may be surprising, I know. But we're going to take this verse, for instance, in Genesis 19 and verse 9. I'm going to read it to you. It says, get out of our way, they replied. And they said, this fellow came here as an alien, and now he wants to play the judge. We'll treat you worse than them. They kept bringing pressure on Lot and moved forward to break down the door. See, like Lot, we are living in a social form of Sodom and godless bands of perverts see us as aliens who only make them feel judgment for their own immoral behavior the spiritual reality is satanic psychological warfare that's intended to put pressure on you intended to make you feel like you want to put your back up against a wall perhaps for more reasons than we are uh, at liberty to enumerate right now this pressure is not new but it is increasing in our day and time so look listen to this second
1: corinthians 1 8 through 9. we do not want you to be uninformed brothers about the hardships we suffered in the province of asia we were under great pressure far beyond our ability to endure so that we despaired even of life indeed in our hearts we felt the sentence of death but this happened that we might not rely on ourselves but on God who raises the dead. While the Gomorrah gang certainly intends to harm you, intends to assault you, our God is bigger than that. He uses everything Satan can throw at you to teach you, to perfect you, to crucify you. Crucify me! So that you can be raised up, therefore, in resurrection power. Come on. Because look, the truth is, You are aliens. You are the judges of this world and the world to come. But you need the
2: resurrection power of God to do this properly. Amen. Amen. Look, in this community, uh, we're blessed to be relatively sheltered. Many of you don't even own TVs. Most of you don't interact with Sodom's social media. You keep your Facebook planted in his book I love that about you guys. So it's very possible that you're out of touch with those first two scriptures. Unless you ran into a transvestite in Home Depot, then you may not even know what we're talking about. Yeah. But I know for sure that you'll understand this scripture. Second Corinthians 11:28. Besides everything else, I face daily the pressure. Of my concern for all the churches Mm. see all of us can feel latent anxiety stress concern or pressure because we know what god wants to build in the churches and we all feel increasingly out of sync with contemporary christianity yeah can you identify with that All across the leadership of the One Association churches, men are describing a kind of intangible pressure. Intellectually, all of us know what to do with it, but nevertheless, we feel it. Some have described it like being in the deep end of the pool. There is a pressure, a kind of osmotic spiritual force on us. Perhaps the only man in the One Association that has had his pressure totally relieved this morning is our brother Timothy Carter.
1: Oh, that's true. Yep.
2: Meditate on that, Pastor
0: Wade. I'm glad it's his turn. All joking aside, in a time when our government seems determined to find new and inventive ways to lose a war, our loving Father is bringing us heavenly instruction on winning the war. If you'll remember, that was the title of last Sunday's message brought to us by Nick and Judah and Peyton, Winning the War. I know that those three men blessed you with that sermon as much as they blessed us with it. A few of the major weapons caches that we took away from that message are right here summarized on this singular slide for you. In this house, somebody say in this house. In in this house. house! We want every matter to be established by two or more witnesses. In this house, we want the honor of being in weak circumstances so that his perfect power is at work within us. In this house, we want to mature together as one body of Christ by personally crucifying every act of Independence within us in this house. We want to make every effort for the unity of the spirit at all times and in every situation in this house. We want the favor of God to rest on us because of unity that is without regard for talent. Or performance. Can somebody say amen? Amen. Amen. In this house, we want to speak prophetically. Past the dry bones of doubt and circumstances. In this house, we want to imitate the godly design of our brothers that we have covenanted with. Somebody say hallelujah. 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 Somebody say in this house. In In this house. house.
1: Look, during these spiritually dark days for the pagan populace and their pathetic media prophets... We were all forced to watch the satanic Islam demoniacs enjoying their spoils of war. As they parade around in Black Hawk helicopters and Bradley armored vehicles, we have been blessed by our gracious king and celebrating a different kind of spoils of war. Look, you've probably seen similar reports as we will display to you on these next slides. Let's show the first one. So this is a list of the Taliban's new arsenal. And get this. 22,000 Humvees now in their hands. 634 striker vehicles, 155 fifty-five mine-proof vehicles, 169 armored personal carriers, 42,000 pickups and SUVs. 64,000 machine guns. 8,000 trucks, 162,000 radios allowing for rapid communication, 16,000 night vision goggles. You know, that is the method of supremacy that the U.S. military has had and an advantage over every other nation, and now it's in their hands. Combined together, half a million assault rifles and pistols, and then 176 artillery cannons. Man, what kind of advantage has our government given them? This administration, you know what it's actually done? It has armed their newest international allies. Yeah. Boo, Boo, exactly right. They have released prisoners and elevated them to the highest offices of government in Afghanistan. It is an ironic twist on Isaiah 61 in this. Because Jesus also sets prisoners free and elevates them to the place of kingship. He even arms us with heaven artillery. But somehow, I don't think the Biden administration was motivated by the Jewish prophet of old when he took four Guantanamo Bay detainees and released them and allowed them to be installed as the new kings of Afghanistan. But
2: wait, there's more. Anybody want a helicopter besides Jesse Duplantis? <laughs> <laughs> because there were 66 helicopters, actually, more than 66. We had 33 <laughs> Mi 17s, we had 33 UH 60 Blackhawks, 43 MD 530 helicopters. C-130 transports, wow, four of them, (laughs) Wow. could we use one of those just to get back and forth between us and Chicago, (laughs) yes, maybe the Taliban will let you rent one, 23 super Tacanos, whatever that is, 28 Cessnas, 10 Cessna strike aircraft. Is that staggering to y'all? Well, fortunately, there's a vast difference between flying a C-130 air transport and piloting your average female camel, whether she's willing or not. (laughs) (laughs) The profound truth is that obtaining spoils of war and being able to implement them are two vastly different things. That's true. Very true. Lest we, somebody say we, we, lest we be guilty of receiving an extraordinary endowment of weaponry that rivals all other of the world's armies but have no ability to use it. Wow. I think that it's best wow. that we discuss how to implement a few of the things that Pastor Matt and Pastor Wade shared with us in that excellent message Spoils of War. You remember their message was centered around Hebrews 11. It was about Moses refusing the pleasures of Egypt so that he could be included in what God was doing on earth. It starts with our refusal to determine our value based on our reputation. Come on, that's edifying in and of itself, isn't it? Yeah. Then choose to be mistreated with God's people because that is an accurate valuing or appraisal of your God-given kingdom value. Yeah. Anybody heard about inflation lately? I don't know. Quite Regard disgrace for Christ's sake as a form of heavenly inflation. Oh, yeah. The cost you pay only shows what the kingdom is worth to you.
1: Oh yeah.
2: Look ahead to your millennial reward. Oh yeah. Now, I want to explain that to you. That's not Hot Pockets in your mama's basement while you play Call of Duty all day. That's a different kind of millennial. I'm talking about look forward to reigning with Christ on the kingdom of
0: God on earth. Come on. This morning, we are going to share with you a message entitled Military Movement. Everybody say Military Movement.
1: Military Movement.
0: You will undoubtedly have questions at the close of our prepared remarks today. We are happy to tell you that we want your questions and that we have no intention of pulling a Biden and simply walking away from the podium once we're done. In this house, in this very house, we recognize when we are slipping. We are accountable for our actions. (laughs) We desire your inspection. See, we do not have handlers or pre-approved planted collaborators throwing us softballs designed to hide our incompetence or incontinence.
1: Incontinence, yes. So look, as we get started, we want our motives to be Clear. You like clear motives, right? Look, we want our objectives to be straightforward from the outset. We will not lie to you about progress for decades, and there will be no strategic withdrawal and no clear evidence of being left behind. At least not in the Biden sense, nor in the fictional rapture Tim LaHaye sense today. This morning, we are going to learn military movement, military movement as one body and one God ordained unit that values every member without exception. You will not need private citizens to come and rescue you. You will not be denied flight clearance. It's September 12th, y'all. And LCM has nearly 20 years invested in this war effort. So we can say confidently that we will all soar together into the spiritual realm. And we will all have victory precisely because we are not pastors. We are pastors, not politicians. Your pastors do not need your biometric data to know who you are. And to know how many of you there are. We are one connected body. Look, there's a sad element to this. Not every congregation can say that. But you are not every congregation. You are soldiers of Christ practicing military movement.
2: Do we have your attention yet? Well, now that we've thoroughly clinched, I mean been impacted, by the darkness in a very different way than Wade's daughter is doing at the moment. That's true. I think we should get into the (laughs) motives that we want to address this morning. Yes, This is going to be fun for years to come, I can tell you that. (laughs) Right up until the time Abby gets married. First Chronicles 28, 9 through 10 is where we want to begin. <laughs> and you, my son Solomon, acknowledge the God of your father and serve him with wholehearted devotion and with a willing mind. For the Lord searches every heart and understands every motive behind the thoughts. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will reject you forever. Consider now. For the Lord has chosen you to build a temple as a sanctuary. Be strong and do the work. While you're staring at that slide, let's be cognizant of the context of the passage. This is the king of Israel speaking to his son. These men were the commanders-in-chief of their day. They were the heads of government and the military. You may not realize it because of our woke military leaders who focus on things such as white rage, pregnancy flight suits for the no longer menstruating and now lactating pilots that are apparently all the rage these days. And of course, their constant focus on inclusiveness of same sex, pansex, or the all too mysterious genderless sex. I haven't even figured that one out yet. It is a true mystery beyond all rational comprehension. Yeah. This passage is not about those kind of leaders, leaders with hidden motives. This passage is about men who want the motives of their hearts to be exposed who want to be adjusted by God, who want to be corrected by counsel with each other. And there's a reason. They're the leaders of the corporate body of Israel. Look, they have a task to do. They're going to build the temple of God on earth. They're going to form the nation that is God's prince on earth. With that in mind, If they admitted to not knowing or understanding the motives behind their own thoughts, how much more, how much more should we? Better yet, how can we protect ourselves from the motives that shouldn't be there or that we don't know are present in our thoughts? Look, we have to ask these kind of questions because we want our military movement to be directed by
0: King Jesus himself. Yes. Come on church, Pastor Eric has just brought to light a very important question. We don't want you to miss this. Here's the question. How can we navigate, how do we navigate our own motives when we don't even know what they really are? How are we supposed to do that? See, the book of Acts demonstrates a solution for us, a solution that's found in the brotherhood of believers. Everyone in the room, turn with us to Acts 15. And as you are turning, say military movement.
1: Military movement.
0: We're going to look at Acts 15 and we're going to begin in verse 5. It says this. Then some of the believers... Who belonged to the party of the Pharisees stood up and said, The Gentiles must be circumcised and required to keep the law of Moses. Church, these are believers who are actually acting out of a reverence for Genesis 17:10. Hold your place there in Acts, and I'm going to read something to you from Genesis 17:10. It says, This: This is my covenant with you and your descendants after you. The covenant you are to keep. Every male among you shall be circumcised. See, honestly, I think that given the same set of circumstances, we would have all agreed with that very first verse. The thing is, their interaction with the other members of the body revealed a motive that they didn't know they had. You'll hear it come out of the mouth of Peter after much discussion beginning in the next verse. Look at verse 6. Hey, are y'all following along with us so far? Yeah.
2: Because I'd hate to have to show up here tomorrow and have Jen Pasaki circle back to this. I want you to make sure that you're engaging with what's happening here. This is a heavenly press conference with truth that is actually coming your way.
0: Amen. Verse 6 says, the apostles and elders met to consider this question. After much discussion, Peter got up and addressed them. Brothers, you know that some time ago, God made a choice among you that the Gentiles might hear from my lips the message of the gospel and believe. God, who knows the heart, showed that he accepted them by giving the Holy Spirit to them just as he did to us. He did not discriminate between us and them, for he purified their hearts by faith. See, you got to remember that Peter went through a process in Acts 10 that involved a vision, angels, Gentile messengers and a whole congregation being filled with the spirit that corrected a discrimination motive in Peter's heart that he did not know he had. Verse 10 gets even better. It says this, Now then, why do you try to test God by putting on the necks of the Gentiles a yoke that neither we nor our ancestors nor our forefathers were able to bear? No! We believe it is through the grace of our Lord Jesus that we are saved just as they are. Now, you... You've got to connect with this passage here, church, of what God is saying to us today. So now, Peter and the brotherhood are addressing a motive in the Pharisaic believers that goes beyond just reverence for Genesis 17. They're addressing a motive, and this strikes at a motive that was hidden from their own eyes. To be able to get what looked like they were just being passionate about Genesis 17. There was another motive. And in this verse, Peter has brought it to light. They were being influenced by a desire to make it harder for the Gentiles to participate in the body of Christ with them. Church, you can see that interaction with brothers in Acts 10 helped Peter discover a motive that had to be eliminated. And now in Acts 15, Peter and the brotherhood interacted with the Pharisaic believers to discover a motive that they needed eliminated. This is always how the body of Christ works. This is what years later Peter wrote about. And pastor started off our service today with 1 Peter two sixteen from the NASB says this: Act as freemen, do not use your freedom as a covering for evil, but use it as bond slaves of God. Honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God and honor the king. Somebody say, love the brotherhood. Love, love the, the brotherhood. brotherhood. Peter, the believers of the party of the Pharisees. Paul. Barnabas, the elders, James, they all loved the brotherhood and saw it as a gift that protected them. Church, this is how we must see this brotherhood, a gift that protects us sometimes and oftentimes from motives that we don't even know that we have.
2: As Pastor Matthew begins to take us a little further in this, I I don't want this to be lost on you because we're moving through a familiar scripture in an unfamiliar way. You are charismatic Pentecostal people. You're excited about Acts 10, because in Acts 10, Gentiles get filled with the Spirit. And you miss the fact that Peter was as in love with the Lord as anybody could be, but did not know that he had a motive in his heart that was based on discrimination in a way that God did not discriminate. It took interaction with his brothers to be able to, even the heavenly vision didn't clear it up for him. It wasn't until he got all the way to Cornelia's house after being led by others and seeing what God did within the brotherhood that he discovered it. And then in Acts 15, he's standing in a group of people recognizing a similar event, and all of them together had to meet and thoroughly discuss this to realize that it wasn't just 17. Genesis 17 that was motivating them. In fact, it was that they had labored so hard to get this stuff right, they didn't like the fact that somebody else could skip all of those steps and walk right in. Do you understand the motives of your own heart? Are you sure that you do?
1: So look, in this accounting of Acts 10, Peter is discovering that he had a motive that he was unaware of. And interaction with his brothers helped him to eliminate it from his heart. The Pharisaic brothers had a motive other than reverence of Genesis chapter 17. But interaction with their brothers helped them eliminate it from their hearts as well. It is so important that we not read Acts 15 as the church at war with itself. Here's how we want you to view it. Instead as they were practicing military movement to ensure that they were all equally understood of God's objective. And all move, therefore, as a single unit
2: because of their interaction with each other. What seemed like conflict actually was bringing clarity, and they got to move together.
1: That's good. So let's all turn to Proverbs chapter 20, and it's going to describe this process even further in a beautiful manner. Say military movement as you turn it. Proverbs 20, we're going to start with verse 5. The purposes of a man's heart are deep waters, but a man of understanding draws them out. Saints, your heart and mine are full of many purposes, some good and some bad, some of which we understand and some of which we We do not. We do But our brothers, who are men of understanding, they assist us by actually drawing them out. I want to tell you something. I love the brotherhood of believers. You should love the brotherhood of believers. We all need the brotherhood of believers. And this is why it is a gift. Our message is about military movement, and nothing could be more important to the unified movement of military than verse 6. So let's read it. Many a man claims to have unfailing love, but a faithful or loyal man who can find. It is not enough for us to profess our love and loyalty to the brotherhood. We must actually display it in our actions or else. We are just like the Taliban possessing military equipment. They cannot actually fly. Possessing this knowledge is vastly different than being able to utilize it in military movement. Moving your lips in a pledge is as useless as a politician in a military parade. No, what we want is military movement on the battlefield And you take a giant, victorious step closer to that every time you're faithful to invite the brotherhood into your motives that are behind your very actions. Is this resonating with you guys? Let's look at verse seven. The righteous man leads a blameless life. Blessed are his children after him. If you want to lead a righteous life and see generations after you, love the brotherhood of believers. Verse 8, let's continue. When a king sits on his throne to judge, he winnows out all evil with his eyes. The way our king winnows out evil out of your life is through the other members of this body. So therefore, love the brotherhood of believers. Verse 9 is great. Who can say, I have kept my heart pure. I am clean and without sin. This verse needs no commentary. Verse 10, differing weights and differing measures, the Lord detests them both. Clearly, being less transparent with the brotherhood than they are with you, the Lord absolutely detests. So therefore, saints,
2: love the brotherhood of believers. Church, we're going to make every effort to get our military movement right in this house. Yes we will learn to move as one unified weapon of war in the hands of our great king. This means self-determination, self-reliance, self-direction, and the all too common self-pardoning of our motives are all being crucified so that we can be raised up in the unity and power of the corporate body of Messiah. I think that we all ought to turn to Ephesians 4. You'll see it in a new light after this morning. (laughs) Ephesians 4, verse 1: As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling that you have received. Be completely humble Paul describes us as a singular body operating through one spirit under the direction of one Lord. Look, he does this frequently in his letters. I'm going to show you 12 examples, not because there are not more, but if 12 doesn't get it done, then we're wasting our time together to start with. Romans 12, one body with many members. Look at all through Corinthians. Starting in Corinthians 10, we who are many form one body, many parts, one body. The body of Christ in each one of you is a part of it. You see that it begins his letter to the Ephesians. Jesus is the head of the body. Ephesians 3, 6, we're members together with one body. You see he carries it all the way through. Notice in Colossians, look at Colossians two nineteen at the bottom of the slide. Supported and held together by its ligaments and sinews. Clearly, this is more important than just a useful analogy. Can you see that? This is not just a colorful metaphor. Paul seems to be drawing this from the book of Numbers in his use of imagery. And the better we understand that, the better you'll understand what he's saying. So I'm going to show you on the screen Numbers 8-9. You're going to want to stay in Ephesians 4. Bring the Levites to the front of the tent of meeting. And assemble the whole Israelite community.
1: Yeah,
2: That's everybody. All of them. Somebody say all of them. All, all of them. them. You are to bring the Levites before the Lord. And the Israelites are to lay their hands on them. Aaron is to present the Levites before the Lord as a wave offering from the Israelites. So that they may be ready to do the work of the Lord. It'd be really easy to read that last sentence so that they may be ready to do the work of the Lord as they referring to the Levites. But wouldn't it be more accurate to read they as the entire Israelite community? Yes. Because the Israelites will never be able to do their work if the Levites aren't doing theirs. And the Levites cannot even stand in the place they're at without the Israelites standing where they should laying their hands on them. Yeah. It's an integrated body. Israel as a nation of many members, various tribes even, still formed only one body. And God called Israel his son. Out of Egypt I called my son. That referred to Israel before it referred to Jesus. When the whole community was present and they had their hands on each other, ordaining the Levites, it must have resembled the human body with all of its connections. Israel is the sun, every man touching every other person and they are connected. This seems to be Paul's imagery that he's drawing from. Did you know that in the average person it said that there are more than 60,000 miles of veins, capillaries, and arteries? That's in your circulatory system alone. Speaking of that this morning, I bet Timothy's circulatory system was working quite well. How many unified parts does it take to function in ordinary daily life? In your ordinary daily life, just to get up, make it to the coffee pot, stumble out to the car, and get to work. How much coordination does it take within your body on an ordinary day just to function? Well, the body of Christ is made of many members that must be unified in purpose and spirit to operate not in normal life, supernatural life. I've been thinking how to get this across to this group. Because these are not just colorful metaphors. They're so prolific in the scripture that it goes beyond just a picture or an image. It's actually the expression of spiritual realities in ways meant for us to understand. Do you have a favorite body part? I'm not asking you if you have a favorite body part of your spouse. I'm asking you if you have a favorite body part. Picture it. Everybody close your eyes. Picture your favorite body part. Are you thinking about it? Good. Now imagine it severed off in isolation and thrown in the parking lot out there. That's not a pretty picture, is it? Even the most amazing body parts... Well, they're only valuable in connection with all of the others.
1: Come oh, on, that's good.
0: Somebody say, that's memorable.
1: That's memorable.
0: In light of that, this is why Paul says to make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit. We are preaching about military movement because to be effective, we have to learn to be in connection and unified with each other as well as our head, our king. See, you remember that last Sunday, you were introduced to the Greek word spudezo. Spudezo. Hey, it's in there. Spudezo. Spudezo. It's Greek. It's close enough to Italy. Spudezo. (laughs) That was found in Ephesians 4. And in Ephesians 4, it's translated as make every effort. Now, to remind you just how intense that effort is, Hold your place there in Ephesians and I'm going to read some scriptures to you. I'm going to put them on the screen so we can understand how important this make every effort is. In 2 Timothy 2 and verse 15, it says, Do your best, spudezo, to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. How much effort Do you have to put into making sure that we all have unity of the Spirit? About as much as you do to present yourself to the Lord as one who is approved. That's the level that we're talking about. If that doesn't quite click with you yet, let me give you another verse in Hebrews 4.11. It says, let us therefore make every effort. Spudaiso. To enter that rest so that no one will perish by following their example of disobedience. How much effort do you have to put into making sure that we all have the unity of the Spirit? About as much effort as you do to enter that rest. The very rest of God on earth. How about Galatians 2.10? All they asked was that we should continue to remember the poor. The very thing that I had been eager, spudezo, to do all along. How much effort do you actually have to put into working and making sure that we have the unity of the spirit? About as much effort as you are eager to remember God's prioritization of the poor. There are over 2,000 scriptures in the word of God that prioritize the poor. That's the kind of effort that we're talking about. Spudezo conveys such an intensity that in the Greek version of the Older Testament, it is used to describe the state of being troubled in five different cases regarding Job. With that understanding, you really could say, Trouble yourself. Like Job for the unity of the spirit in this body. amen. You could really say make every effort. Like Job for the unity of the spirit in this body. Do your best like Job for the unity of the spirit in this body. Be eager like Job for the unity of the spirit here in this body. Amen. Are y'all getting that? I think if
2: you really got it, you'd be crawling under your chairs. How many things, how many decisions, how many big things occur in your life every week that nobody else in the body even knows about? How could you be troubling yourself like Job for the unity of the spirit if your brothers don't even know what's going on in your life or if they have to find out from reading your Facebook post?
1: Everybody say thank you. Thank you. So look, with that kind of instruction, and our hearts now fully focused on that kind of implementation, let's revisit the context of Ephesians 4, and the Lord's objectives will become very clear to us as one body. So as you're turning to Ephesians 4, say military movement. movement. We're going to start in verse 1. As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. So look, loving the brotherhood, being intimately connected with one another as members of the body is the difference between an unworthy and a worthy life. It's time. It's time for this body of Christ to learn military movement by making worthy connections to each other and the pursuit of our complete and corporate call. Notice here that Paul is a prisoner when he is reminding us of this. How much is he troubling himself like Job? Troubling himself to ensure that we are getting the importance of this concept. Even Caesar's prison cell bars could not keep Paul from being connected to the rest of the body. It couldn't keep him from encouraging the connections within the rest of the body. Man, that's an important point. Nothing could stand between him and being unified and connected with the body of Christ and the brotherhood. Verse 2. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. You will never be able to love the brotherhood. And have the brotherhood love you without walking in humility, gentleness, patience, and a love for each other. Do you guys get that? Your faithfulness, everybody say my faithfulness. My, my faithfulness. faithfulness. Your loyalty, everyone say my loyalty. My, my loyalty. Are the cornerstone of our relationship to the Lord and are actually expressed in these qualities to each other within this body.
2: See, you'll never be more loyal to the Lord than you are to the people you're sitting next to. That's Man. a deception. It's what you tell yourself. No, no, me and the Lord, we're, we're good. I just can't get along with the others. I don't share my life with them. I'm not transparent. No. We don't really care about each other. I prefer to just do it on my own, you know, Well, that's also exactly how you feel about the Lord. And it's time that we correct that. And we are. Amen. We are. In fact, this is what we're going to do.
1: In verse 3, it tells us, make every effort. Spudazo.
0: Spudazo.
1: Spudazo. We're going to make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. The bond of right shalom with God and men. We're going to make every effort as in doing our best to present ourselves as one approved. To make every effort to enter that rest, to be eager to care for the poor, troubling ourselves like Job. It is this kind of effort that we must take to have the unity of the Spirit and have military movement as one man. Let's continue to verse 4. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. Even if you are your own favorite body part, if you are your own favorite body part in the body of Christ, you are only able to function in connection with the other members of this body. This is why he gave us one spirit. He gave us one hope, one faith, because we are to move like a military unit under the direction of our Lord, and our movement
2: is always together in unification. Somebody say amen. 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 Now I'm going to take a small second as we go through this to address the giant misnomer. No, 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 man. You know, see, like, the thing is, I'm, I'm connected to the whole body of Christ. Like, I mean, it's one universal, not Catholic, but universal church, you know. I'm a part of the body of Christ everywhere. You're not a part of the body of Christ anywhere if you're not part of the body of Christ in one local place. That's right. Okay? It's like an ear growing in a laboratory somewhere. Okay. You cannot be connected to the universal body of Christ if you are not thoroughly connected to the local body of Christ. Yes. But let's just pick up in verse 7. Verse 7. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says, when he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. Look, you have been given grace... Which is power over sin. That's what grace is. You have been given grace, which is power over sin, as a gift to the other members of the body. Amen. The reason you have power over sin is because you're supposed to be helping the other members of the body. Amen. And the other members of the body have been given grace, which is power over sin, as a gift. To you. amen. This is vitally important as we help each other to discern our motives behind our thoughts. As we learn to move in military movement as one man. Your brothers are empowered to help you and you are empowered to help them. None of this is a gift if any member is severed or disconnected. Like your favorite body part out in that parking lot being run over by the cars, back and forth. It's only a gift to the extent to which we are actually connected with every joint, ligament, sinew, and supporting member of the body. Yeah. Okay? Are you engaging with that just a little bit? Verse 9. What does he ascended mean except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions. He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. Look at the extent, saints, to which he went for us to be gifts from him to one another. I know in our political environment, we no longer hold to the age-old military axiom. No man will be left behind. But we're not politicians. We're pastors. In this house, we refuse to leave any member disconnected from the others. If Jesus quite literally went to hell and back, for you to be a grace gift to each other, to the other members of the body, look at me, make eye contact with me for a minute. Shouldn't you be willing to go to hell and back to be a gift to the members of the body? Yes. There'll be no Afghans hanging off of this plane. There'll be no kingdom citizens left in the hands of the enemy. And there'll be no terrorists admitted into this assembly without being vetted for supernatural conversion. We'll all supernaturally drink from the same spirit. That spirit will bring us into unified movements as we are one body acting as one man and for one purpose.
0: Come on, let's move forward to verse... 11, let's move forward together here. It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. See, our traditional understanding of this verse is still accurate, but it's also incomplete. I want to share with you my own mezuzah has always been to help build others up. But this passage is talking about more than just that. We we have had a revelation that I can only build up as I am in connection with each of you. I'm I'm going to say it again. You're hearing the words, but we're trying to let the revelation sink into your heart. We have had a revelation that I can only build up as I am in connection with each of you. That means that the function of every member in this house is to help all the other members be built up so that we are working in God's works of service as one man in one unit like military movement. The only difference between you and the pastors on this stage is that we're supposed to lead in the encouragement of this effort of unity. See, you're going to have to take a look at these pronouns as we go forward together into verse 13. It says until we all everybody say we all we, we. till we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the son of god and become mature attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of christ. When you hear the words we all this is an expression of corporate unity meaning that the entire body of christ is acting as one unit just like military movement. Think about the phrase to become mature I mean let us try to help you grasp what this is I I think that every little girl has a specific body part maybe even two specific body parts that she can't wait until they mature
2: oh don't act like you don't understand that I was there when you were born I watched you put on your mama's clothes and stand in the mirror and
0: Can you imagine if a car had only one functioning headlight?
2: Just one.
0: Or one front tire? Likewise, I think every boy, every little boy has had at least one specific body part that he can't wait until it matures. Can you imagine if there were no, you know, drive shaft in a car? But the reality is that the body matures as a unit. And in proportion to all the other body parts. We are all grace gifts to each other for the maturing of the whole body in proportion to one another. Look, come on now. This is real life, church. They said, yeah,
2: like they inherited a weapons cache. And just like the Taliban is staring at that Black Hawk helicopter. Like, yeah, it's cool. We got it. You need to be able to use this information.
0: Let me help you with another analogy. How ridiculous would it be to have a massive, stout, firm, fully matured right leg with an itty, bitty, teeny, weeny, little baby left leg as you're out on the battlefield? The goal is to be fully mature. It's to have fully mature manhood for every part of the body in connection with all of the other parts. Notice the Apostle Paul himself includes himself in every statement that follows. Look at 14. Then we will no longer be infants And builds itself up in love as each part does its work.
1: Amen. Leaving any person in this body with infant-like connections to the other members of this body leaves the whole body susceptible to deceitful scheming. You see that in the passage. However, speaking the truth in love, examining all of our motives, all of our decisions, all of our actions together Causes us all to grow up into the head that is Christ from him and through him the whole body Matures it happens together. I may have to highlight this to you. This is not a charismatic prayer This is not a Shaba. Fully mature a Shabbat show kind of time This is not a magical altar moment where the hand is waved and all of a sudden everything is changed. Focus on the phrase, build itself. Everyone say itself. 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 Build itself up in love. As each part does its work. If I say the phrase, I need my brother to grow. What most of you will hear is that another member of the body needs to hurry up and grow up. What we want you to hear Is that I need my brother to grow myself it's incumbent for me to
2: grow that makes that sign have a a whole lot of different meaning I need my brothers and my brothers need me you cannot grow without being properly connected to your brothers and they cannot grow without being properly connected to you and in the absence of that connection your growth is really laboratory-based. It's test tube baby-based. <laughs> it, it looks great until it's tested on a battlefield. This is why when you look at your own motives and your own growth, you think you're doing great because it's not in connection with anybody else that has been empowered Come to on. see into it and help you through it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but we are good. one connected body. That's good. Church, this really shouldn't be, but it, it, it most certainly is. It's a profound revelation. None of you can function properly in the kingdom kingdom independent from one another some of you have tried so long and you're so dysfunctional that it actually feels normal to you but the truth is is you can't function in the kingdom independently of each other and neither can we as pastors and elders see we're we're bringing to you what we are learning in the recesses of the one associations private meetings the body builds itself up as we are intricately connected to one another moving as one man in military movement. In all of our culture, in the expression of hero themes in movies, it is ingrained in us as a people to be independent. Yeah. The attitudes carry over into our Christian ethic in ways that contaminate the biblical objective. So let me just say a few for you. There is no Arnold Schwarzenegger as a one-man army coming to save the day in the biblical reality. No. Okay. There is no, no John no. Wick as a one man army coming to rid the earth of all nah. adversaries in the biblical reality. Now nah, we're getting it. There is no Superman in this Marvel Avengers movie precisely because it takes an entire team, a corporate body of Messiah working in maturity with one another to accomplish anything. Independent ministries fail. Independent people fail. It's only a matter of time and how long you can hide your failure, which forces you to be more and more independent. That garbage has got to go. It does. Even our views of Christ are skewed in this way. We think, whoo, he did it all. He accomplished everything. But the reality is that he showed us how to work with each other to accomplish everything in connection with him as our head. He crushes Satan under the corporate body of Messiah. He does. Yeah. Romans 16 says that. We fill up in our flesh what, what is lacking in regard to his suffering because we are his body. Yeah. He did not do it all. Yeah. He's not Arnold Schwarzenegger that came in or John Wick and did it all. He showed you how we do it together. Yeah. In our remaining time, which is fairly scant. I want to walk you through a few examples of godly military movement from the record of the Tanakh and then finally I'll bring it into newer testament language and this this will not be a long thing so if you can stay focused hang in there for just a minute it's somewhat disturbing sometimes 40 minutes into a message how somehow or another the devil gets 40 percent of the people to need to do something else. It just means that we have to repeat the message many, many times for you to get what you should have got the first time. So you can just hang in there with me for a minute here. Okay? We even put them on a slide for you. You ready? In Judges 20, all Israel came out as one man. You see that repeated three times in the chapter. This is Israel acting as a military unit under the direction of God to put down a cancerous part of the body. Okay? They were acting against their, um, a region that was sinful at the time, doing perverted things. And they came out as one man. That, that's a unique phrase in the Bible for a reason. In Ezra 3, Judges 20 is about the Benjamites. I just don't want to go into what they were doing. In Ezra 3, all the people assembled as one man. This was to rebuild the temple after it had been destroyed. In Nehemiah 8, all the people assembled as one man. This was to rededicate themselves as a people to the word of God. But they came as one man. That is the biblical paradigm for God bringing people into unity of connection with each other. They're not in unity and connection with God without being in connection with each other. And when they went out on the military field, They acted as a singular unit together. Let's be honest. How far do we have to go before every family sitting in here right now is actually acting as one man together? Well, this is something we need to work on, which is why we're preaching on it. And I'm going to tell you the truth. There's no one association church that has got this perfect yet. But at least we are trying. Philippians 127 will be our last scripture for the day. Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in one spirit, contending as one man for the faith of the gospel, without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. This is a sign to them that they will be destroyed, but that you will be saved. And that by God, for it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for him. Since you are going through the same struggle you saw I had, and now here I still have. Do you hear the unity in struggle? Do you hear the unity in spirit? The unity in their stand and in their purpose? If you have any encouragement, y'all encourage me. Tell me you have some encouragement. Oh, yeah. (laughs) If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, If any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded. Having the same love. You ready for it? Being one in spirit and purpose. He's talking to the whole body of Christ. God expects us to act in conjunction and connection with each other. If you are still living, determining what you want to do, and when you believe you've heard from God, and you are the only one examining your own motives, I don't care whether you're a pastor, an elder, or just a love brother in the church, you are sinfully immature. Verse 3 says it all Do nothing out of selfish ambition. Or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves.
0: Churches, we come to a razor like point here. You have to trouble yourself like Job for the unity of the Spirit in this body. You
1: must make every effort like Job for the unity of the Spirit.
0: In this body, you must do your best like Job for the unity of the spirit in this body. You must be
1: eager like Job for the unity of the spirit in this
0: body. Now, listen to us very closely. There are plenty of distractions that are trying to go on here because this is an important lesson that we must learn. This is what it's like to trouble yourself for this. Y'all dialed in with me. Yeah. Let me talk to you about selfish ambition. It's not wanting to do something malicious. Selfish ambition is you wanting to act independently from the rest of the body. To accomplish wow. something good. That was self-determined. Yeah. That was self-directed that was self administered that is the selfish ambition that we have to go after today yeah in addition to that
1: we want to talk about vain conceit vain conceit is not harboring a pornography problem it is your tendency to believe that you do not need the examination of your brothers in every area of your life it is the self pardoning of your own motives And the declaration that your heart is pure while foregoing the process with the
0: rest of the body. Church, we are going to have military movement in this body. By eliminating selfish ambition. By crushing vain conceit. By troubling ourselves, making every effort, doing our best, being eager for the unity of the spirit in our every action with every matter established by two or more witnesses here in this body.
1: As I begin to pray, make your way down to the altar. Let this word go to the depths of your soul and transform your heart. Mighty King, we thank you for your word that is living and active. Lord, get down to every motive of our heart, Lord, that we might have your heart. We thank you for your word and your spirit in agreement on this matter. In Jesus' name, amen.